Hello and welcome to episode 54 of The Worst Critics, where we talk to you about the latest and sometimes not so greatest in movies, music, television, and more. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And let's get straight into the news, a little short news week this week. Emilio Estevez is reportedly not returning for Mighty Duck Season 2 at Disney Plus due to creative differences. Uh, when the story first broke, it was because he was anti-vaccine mandate. And then he put out an official release statement where he wasn't anti-vax. He just had creative differences. So I'm not sure if that was uh, just to cover up his views. But yeah, that's that's where we're at with uh, TV these days. And well, how about this? Mighty Ducks Season 1, greatest TV show of all time. <laughs> wow. Is that because of Emilio Estevez? Uh, no, it's because I've never seen it, and thus it hypothetically could be. I just will never know, because I'm not going to watch it. Whoa, you, you got me there. <laughs> I can't really yeah. argue with that one. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mighty Ducks is the greatest TV show. Moving on, Netflix announces the cast for their One Piece live-action show. Uh, it features a lot of young actors who I don't know, so you can look it up for yourself, because they aren't recognizable names or, you know, in the forefront of the acting community. Uh, yeah, one Piece live action show, I guess. I mean, Airbender, Bebop, now One Piece. Uh, yeah, you know, who knows what, what else they'll be making in the live action here soon. I assume that's coming out next year or so, but whatever, we'll see. I know you're the biggest One Piece fan. Yeah, dude, it is the name of the treasure on the Grand Line, so just watch out. Are you Luffy, dude? Yeah. Moving on, Leonard. you look like Eminem? What is what? Sanji? Oh, you haven't watched the show, have you? Uh, is that the green hair guy? Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. What about him? The actor who's, like, playing him. Oh. Or no, Sanji's not the green hair guy. Sanji's the chef. Oh. Zoro's the green hair guy. It's like a blonde chef, dude. Yeah, I'm just not a One Piece guy. I just, I couldn't tell you who's who. Uh, well, I'm I don't saying, know me. The actor that got cast, he looks literally like a young Eminem. Maybe they're going for an Eminem vibe, you know? Marshall Mathers seems to Maybe. pop up in this podcast every now and then. We just mention him without talking about his actual music. It's pretty great. Thank God, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it would be way worse if we were talking about his music. And moving on, Leonardo DiCaprio is set to play Jim Jones in a new movie about Jim Jones and Jonestown and what have you. You know, Suicide Cult, Kool-Aid, all that cool stuff. Uh, with Venom screenwriter Scott Rosenberg to pin the script. So I don't think this is related to HBO's Jim Jones TV show that they were supposed to make, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. It's called Scorpio or Scorpion or something like that. And it was produced by Breaking Bad Guy. I don't know what happened to that. So I don't think this is related at all. So this is a whole new biopic, I guess you would call it. I'm not sure if it's only about Jim Jones, but... Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio gonna play a uh, suicide cult leader near you. Yep. Moving, moving on. ABC is set to make a comedy series based on the life of Alanis Morissette. I don't know who this is for. Like, I, I, I feel as though this is a little late for this to happen. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if anyone. I'd say most people our age or younger do not know who Alanis Morissette is. That's uh, not true. I'd say most people. Maybe not maybe not everybody, you know, you know, but I would I would say half the people younger than 
I feel like everyone know. knows that one song at least. Do they though? How long ago was that? I mean, it was probably before we were born, but we know it, you know. Yeah, but who would name? You know, who would know the name of the person who actually did that song? Though, I mean, that's a it's a lot of information people probably don't care for, or you know, hasn't been relevant to them at all whatsoever. Uh, so I'm curious to see how or why this got greenlit, unless it's going to be really funny. You know, if it's just a funny, funny show, yeah, exactly. Then I, I totally buy that. But uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem too topical. Moving yeah, on. Eight twenty four has greenlit a family fantasy epic, The Legend of Ochi. It will star Willem Dafoe and Finn Wolfhard. Uh, yeah, I think this will be a first for A24. I'm not sure if they've made a family movie before. Don't quote me on that, but maybe quote me on that. Uh, uh, not to my knowledge, but it's not the first time they've been with William Defoe, right? They did Lighthouse together, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they definitely did that with him. Um, yeah, but a, a family A24 movie, I, I guess I'm ready for it. You know, if, if anyone can make that an interesting genre or a nice twist to the genre, it'd be them, I suppose. But moving on, MGM is trying to get Jake Gyllenhaal and Doug Lyman to star and direct, respectively, a Roadhouse reboot. Yeah, that's that's right. Roadhouse. Yeah, everybody knows Roadhouse. You know, classic Patrick Swayze movie. Been relevant nope, for all these don't years. Say, don't say everybody knows it. The only reason I even know of it is from Family Guy. <laughs> I'd say a lot of people are probably in that same exact boat. Uh, sadly, it's a classic movie that I don't even know what's like. I I've only seen bits and pieces. Just kicks people, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a just loud, a bouncer. He's a loud, fucking, angry Southern man. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, I I I mean, I really don't see this happening unless MGM throws an obscene amount of money at both of these people. But hey, it, it's probably better than the one Roadhouse reboot they were supposed to have with Ronda Rousey years ago. So, yeah, so this is probably a better option. Is Sam Elliott going to be in this one? I would hope so. I mean, why not? He's he's old, but he's still got that voice. Uh, just bring him back for the same exact character, too. Just might as well. Did he have the full mustache in that movie? I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it. Mm. Well, you know, I, I think he could. Or he plays dad or, you know, something like that. Right. But right. moving on, Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio live-action reboot. That will star Tom Hanks is set to premiere on Disney Plus next year. Uh, Do we only have like five actors in Hollywood? <laughs> yes. Uh, we I'll, are... I'll explain the list to 15, but my God. Yeah, they are skipping the uh, theatrical release and opting for Disney Plus. So that's uh, really the bit or the big piece of news there. I Tom Hanks is in everything. Get over it. He's uh, America's yeah, uh, sweetheart. No spoilers, but. You might be seeing Tom Hanks in the near future if he watches this podcast. <laughs> I mean, it was bound to happen sometime, okay? Moving on, Netflix is creating a live-action Yu Yu Hakusho show. Uh, it's set to come oh. out. It's set to come out December of next year. Uh, they, Speaking of Netflix, they announced a lot of anime stuff over the weekend or over this past week. They just... Announced a lot of renewals, some sequels to anime stuff. I don't know. It's too much anime stuff to even talk about, so you can look that up on your own time. But uh, they have a lot of anime stuff, okay? And moving on to really the last piece of news, Netflix. Wait. Yeah. Have what? you watched Rurouni Kenshin? Is that your jam? That's not my jam at all. No. Too long. The, um, 
the main guy, I guess, is played by a dude named McInew, and he's one of the guys who's going to be in the live-action One Piece. Wow. That's great. Uh, is, That's Ver- is the Rooney Kenshin main guy not named like Rooney or Kenshin? Uh, no, it's Sanishi, I think. Wow, you you really could have told me. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, last bit of news: Netflix's newest hit, Squid Games, is apparently getting a season two, according to the creator. He didn't specify when or how, but I just assume that Netflix will indeed be picking it up this time and being the sole producer, unlike last time. Uh. Yeah, but getting a season two of Squid Game, and that's actually all for the news, really, if you want to take away with the album releases. Um, did you watch Squid Game season one? Nope. No, I didn't. Okay. I, it's on my, I've, I've watched it at some point, but it's too much hype around it, and I just don't care. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't I'll wait for the to die down, and I'll be like, oh, remember that thing from a couple of years ago? I'll, I'll look at that. Maybe, Maybe when I, I just. Out. I feel weird watching dubbed over live action. And then I feel weird watching subbed. I don't know. Sub TV shows are a lot. It's a lot of information. Just learned Korean. Easy. There we go. Okay. I'll learn Korean. <laughs> then I'll watch subbed. <laughs> Just learn a new language. idiot. <laughs> um, all right. So for the millionth time, uh, we got some albums, you know, it'll happen every week. No uh, we got fucking, Eric Clapton doing some lockdown session shit. Who knows if it's going to just be like re-releases or re-recordings or new stuff. Probably all of the above. Um, everyone's favorite country music singer-songwriter Jason Aldean. Uh, Classic. Just, yeah, coming out with a new one. I assume it's Macon, as in like the city in Georgia, but I don't know. It could be like Macon, Macon like Bacon. Mm. I don't know. It's spelled like Bacon, but with an M. Um, also got a new Rise Against thing, but again, it's called the Nowhere Sessions, so probably they've been on the road, they've been quarantined, they're making music, they're being edgy. Do artists... awful edgy thing, yes. Do artists retire anymore? What happened to that? Well, the what weirder happened? thing is that they, like, just had that thing that we talked about. Um, and they've had a bunch of different people in the band. Like, a ton of different people in the band. Like I think Rise Against is at like nine or ten different guitarists, drummers, bassists. Wow. Um, I think really only the first singer is the guy from the first band. I could be wrong on that. There might be one other person, but it doesn't matter. Um, they had that Nowhere Generation album came out this year that was just really cringe. Came back out in June, and so they're doing some other thing now. Who knows? Uh, Rod Stewart, uh, The Tears of Hercules, you know. <laughs> yep. Do, do artists retire anymore? Uh, well, here's one with his 32nd studio album. So, <laughs> 32nd studio album? You bet your sweet ass, son. That's just too um, long. That, 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 it's, that's like my argument for sitcoms lasting too long. It's the exact same thing. Just, you gotta quit. What the fuck is he even talking about anymore? Like, how can he just <laughs> write more songs about anything and it have meaning you know what i mean like you've said it all about love dude you've said it all about relationships and personal trauma you've shared everything your whole life he's it's got over. one more in him um, probably a few more 
more importantly, we have uh, Silk Sonic and Evening with Silk Sonic. That's the uh, Anderson Pack Bruno Mars collaboration, which seems pretty hype. Um, I don't think you're going to be enjoying it at all, but I've enjoyed literally every single that's come off of it so far. It's going to be amazing. Be hype. Uh, Snoop Dogg's got a new thing called Algorithm, which surely is going to be an insightful take on social media just based on the name. Um, and it's Snoop Dogg. So Algae Rhythm, you mean? Yeah. Algae Rhythm, yeah. Not even, a, not even a pun, just. Um, there's also Taylor Swift's re-recording of Red, where it's like, you know, the Taylor's version. She already did that with one of her other albums, and now I'm here so it's again. So she makes money now, yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Walk the Moon, that band from Cincinnati yeah. that got super popular there for like a minute in 2012. Yep. Um, they got an album coming out called Heights. Uh, apparently it's their fifth, which that surprised me. Um, and fortunately, that's all of it, but it was a lot, surprisingly. Thank God. Well, maybe we can oh, well, get... Oh. Did we talk about Idols? Did I say Idols? You did not. Oh, Idols also has something called coming out called Crawler. Okay, uh, well, what did you do it. this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, let's see. Let's start with music. That's a lot less to be ass-blasted with. Um, basically, three things. Uh, one was an entire album, which we won't talk about right now. Um, the other was a new Smino song that came out last night. Um which is pretty dope, uh, kind of classic Smino. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but I'll just say that if you like Smino, you'll like it. If you don't like Smino, you will like it because it's Smino. Um, yeah, very Black Swan Smino. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a new Saba song, Saba song called, um, what is it, Freemonger? Free, let me, uh, free, Fearmonger, Fearmonger. That's what it Free is. Monger, I like it though. I like that little <laughs> spin on Fearmonger. Yeah, okay. uh, Fearmonger. Um, which is pretty good, and hopefully that album that he's been promoting now um, comes out soon so that we can talk about it. Um, but, yeah, Saba, Chicago rap, um, can't really go wrong. It's Chi-Town, you know, represent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, Smino and Saba just have a lot of overlap. Um, obviously, they really fuck with each other, and they had that whole... Um, what Have they released any new music under that moniker with No Name? I don't think they did, no. It was that one thing, and that was it. I think they abandoned that. Sage? Yeah, 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 something Sage. What was that, Sage? Ghetto Sage? Ghetto Sage. Yeah, I don't think think that... Like another name for weed? Came to fruition. Yeah, I don't know. That Haagen-Dazs song's a banger, though. Anyway, um, that's it as far as music goes. Now, for TV, we will once again have to rectify what is TV. We'll have to kind of redefine that, come to a place that we... I'll agree to um, at least accept that if you can binge it for like 20 hours, it counts as TV. Um, Greg actually got me hooked, um, and that's my brother for anyone listening, um, on this D&D podcast TV show thing, a YouTube series. Uh, No, he's obsessed with Critical Role, and I just don't care about it. But he was talking about Critical Role, and I was like, "Ah, I just don't like Critical Role at all. And he was like, well, try this one out. And lo and behold, (laughs) I really like this one. Um, so it's called Dimension 20. It's basically a bunch of yeah. actors and comedians from College Humor. Right. Um, and it, this series that they have is about um, like a fantasy high school, basically. Like, remember that movie that just came out recently, Upward? It, it's like a Pixar or DreamWorks. Onward? And it's like Onward, that's it. That's is it, it Upward? Onward. No way. Or that's is it Onward. Upward? I think you it's Onward. Onward sounds, onward sounds more right. Onward. Confused, it's Onward. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's kind of like if Onward were TVMA and 
improv as opposed to written by 40 somethings about 10 year olds um yeah that just sucked yeah so it's actually really really funny but it's an interesting premise that i don't think it's explored that frequently which is just like what if you took a normal class and this is like it's a bunch of tropes and it's intentionally so but it's like 50s high school america all the way to like 80s high school america like the first episode is very much like out of the breakfast club um, yeah and then there's like some fucking grease shit that happens along the way and like there's a couple of like very classic they just stole this thing but then obviously it's in the fantasy setting and they all have characters and they're all improvising but um it's pretty good uh so i've gotten through like 10 or so one and a half hour episodes a lot yeah um also watched the first three episodes of that um league of legends anime show um arcane that got released um surprisingly good um their their dota one was good so i'm not surprised at all yeah i would say obviously wait for the whole thing to come out because i know you don't like watching it in pieces but you don't have to really know anything about the lore to be interested on in the characters, I'm which is Dota, good. man. It did the exact same thing. I feel like anyone who's talking hype over this League of Legends thing should go watch the Dota one, too. Um, so, I, yeah, I may do that in the near future. Um, trying to think of the last thing. I think there was one more. Oh, come on, John. You got it. You got it. You got it. Brain Blast. You brain blasted me right now. <laughs> uh, Did it happen? Did the neurons fire off? Uh, no, they didn't. I'm oh, dead. Crap. I don't okay. know. Oh, I, 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 it was just gonna be Food Wars, but I didn't actually finish the second season. So how could you? Is that all that's you it. did this week? I think so. Is that all you did? All like that's it? That's the uh, small yeah. amount you did this week. <laughs> yeah, just a very little amount of anything I did. Yeah. All right. Well, music-wise, I listened to Parcels' new album, Day Night. Um, it's a lot of parcels. That's a lot of parcels. Uh, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, it, it feels so. It's think like it even makes sense. But on Spotify, it's split up into two discs, and yeah, I I know. And disc one really feels like a sequel to Parcels, their first album. And then disc two just feels like a lot of stuff they wanted to put on an album. And it's, there's a lot of music, man. It's like an hour and 38 minutes. Uh, it, it's good for what it is, but it doesn't really do anything new. So that's kind of disappointing. Uh, it it kind of just hones in on their sound. And I think they already, I think as I think they were already in tune with their sound enough. Uh, as it was, but uh, now it's even more so. So, you know, take that as you want. Uh, TV-wise, I watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Season 3. That uh, that show's hilarious. You should, uh, if you like mockumentary shows and uh, vampire humor, that's uh, definitely, definitely recommend it. Yeah, vampire humor, not niche at all, you know? It's... No, <laughs> vampire humor, dude. That's like my favorite genre. <laughs> it's it's great. If season two didn't have a certain episode about a certain character named Colin Robinson, then season three would probably be my favorite. But uh, it's a, it's it's very consistent. If you like the show at all, I would definitely watch the third season. And then I started an anime called Claymore, which is an early two thousands, I guess, ultra violent fantasy kind of thing, berserk like. It's not amazing. I don't know. I, I've heard it was really good, but uh, I haven't been sold on it. 
I'm, I think I'm seven episodes in, so you know, it, it's got time. I'll, I'll probably finish it up. Uh, but yeah, not my favorite anime in the world. And I'm pretty sure that's it, really. Uh, I think I rewatched some things. I think I rewatched some Reno 911 because it you was a yourself? no. It, it's funny, but it was a different time. It was a different time. There are some jokes that uh, not good. Yeah, just didn't age well. <laughs> they throw words right. around that you just I just don't think another TV show would as casually as they do. But uh, yeah, that, that's all I did for this week. If we want to move on to the reviews, really. Um, is there one? We can no, get the album out of the it. way. I think we do it normal. I think yeah. we do it normal. Yeah. yeah, let's get the album out of um, the way. I, I think so I can sum it up pretty well. This was the unfortunately delayed, but <laughs> fortunately Very, delayed. No. Unfortunately, I don't know. unfortunately, um, for sure. Blue Bannisters from Lana Del Rey. It's supposed to come out like July fourth and be at least seemingly on the surface uh, about America. Um, I think maybe. But I don't really know because my God, was this difficult to listen to? Uh, especially someone who's not a big Lana Del Rey fan. Um, and even after listening to like what's regarded as her best album, Norman Fucking Rockwell, being like kind of underwhelmed. Um, I think it's because I'm not like a straight white woman. Um, if Maybe. I had to guess, why I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but this is like also like just so one note. Um, yeah. And. I even spoke to a really big Lana Del Rey fan, and they were like, yeah, if you're not, like, already a Lana Del Rey fan at this point, like, it's kind of one note and very her, but also, like, very raw, and it doesn't really bring any kind of new aspects to her music. The, I was like, yeah, like, pretty much summed it up entirely, but now also just had the fact that I find her voice and music boring. Yeah, this is not the album. Cluster album. <laughs> this is not the album to sell you on Lana Del Rey, I don't think, at all. Uh, I will say the delay was almost detrimental to how I think about this album, because even if you look past just all the weird patriotic stuff, I don't know. I don't know what was going on in some of the messages in this album, but uh, even if you look past all that kind of different stuff, uh, it just sounds like a weird amalgamation of all the pop albums we've already reviewed this year. You know, it, it almost felt like Lord's album, but boring or, you know, just more boring than that. And that's not a great thing because Lord's album wasn't, you know, the best thing in the world. Uh, so yeah, it, it feels like it's got hints of happier than ever. And like I said, Lord's album, whatever that was solar power. I think that was what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah solar power. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it has a flow. There is a diversity to it. But it just didn't do anything for me. You know, there's nothing, nothing I can write home about. There's a couple songs I really like, and that's it. You know, uh, I, I don't know if I hated any songs. I didn't like Arcadia. Is that just me? Uh, I genuinely couldn't recall it off the top of my head. Mm, okay, well, uh, I didn't like Arcadia. I didn't really like Black Bathing Suit. Uh, those are the only two that kind of stuck out on the bad side for me. Uh, you know, I will say that I did like Dealer and the trio interlude. 
I thought that was pretty hard for no reason whatsoever. Kind of took me out of the album because I was like, wow, that's my favorite part of this album. And it's a 45 <laughs> second beat sample, you know? Right. Uh, um, that's funny that you say that you don't like Black Bathing Suit. I don't particularly like it, but the big fan I was talking to, uh, two favorite songs were Beautiful and Black Bathing Suit. I don't really have favorite songs because I also don't have least favorite songs. I literally couldn't tell one song from the other, so... Well, dealer I, it's was kind of kind a lazy of a... review for me, but I'm just like I I don't hate anything more than the others. It's just so not me. It's hard to even pick songs. Yeah, well, dealer was the more bluesy song that I really appreciated, just because it kind of felt not like all the other cookie cutter songs on here. Uh, then sweet Caroline was just kind of a vocal performance more than anything, which is nice. And I, I'm pretty sure it's the last song. I think yeah, last song, uh, and that was a good way to cap off the album. So you know. It, it did have stuff to it, you know. I'm not. This wasn't offensive to me. I, I didn't hate this album, but it just wasn't my favorite at all. Um, can I can I use a word? Yeah. Single word summary. Sure. Middling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Meh. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh. I don't know. I don't know. You want to give it a score? Because I really don't have a ton more to say about this. My gut wants to say like four, but wow. that's not really middling. So I'll say like 5.5. I had like a 6.5. It was like right at so a we'll, 6.5. So we'll go at a 6. Yeah, 6 out of 10. Uh, Blue Bannisters by Juan Del Rey. We can move on to a uh, better, yeah, more artistic goat, project. The GOAT movie of the year. Uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, just all around Wes Anderson stands uh, will cream their pants. Uh, it's French Dispatch. Yes, the French Dispatch. Came out a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we had an error last week, so we had to, you know, <laughs> retcon that situation. But um, do you want to kind of summarize or just start? Uh, you know, I'll time, summarize or? it because I think I have a kind of weird opinion about it. Um, okay. So okay. I think this is everything that makes a great movie you know you could call this a great movie in front of me and i'd be like okay yeah that makes total sense you know the math adds up the numbers and the figures that makes sense (laughs) well you know i i I totally get it but i don't know if i really cared for some of this It, it just gave me this weird sense of deja vu the whole movie because it was just so wes anderson-y yeah without without doing anything out of the realm of Wes Anderson, you know. I, that's the thing. I think it did everything Wes Anderson. Yeah. Like, they even had a, like, drawn-out, hand-drawn portion. Yeah, yeah. The, you know the I mean? animated climax, the, the art, like, to give yeah. you character information. Uh, there was just the different aspect ratios. There were, like, three aspect ratios, I'm pretty sure. The subtitles in the different locations. The music, the soft piano music, the black and white going to not black and white when it wants to or when it suits the story or narrative. Uh, there is so much Wes Anderson just crammed stuffful in this movie. But I just don't know if I cared for it by the end. Uh, it it wasn't bad at all. I would never say this is a bad movie. But I think... You, even, you almost called it great. Yeah, no, I, I think it is a great movie. I just don't love it, you know? Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I I think the actors acted their asses off. Uh, Jeffrey Wright killed it. I really liked Bill Murray and his weird role, even if he didn't 
get a lot of screen time in comparison to what you would think his role would be, you know, uh, but uh, Jeffrey Wright killed it. Uh, Adrian Brody surprisingly killed it. I, yeah. That was kind of Ooh. a weird side to him. Yeah, that was a weird side to him that I, I kind of want to see him in more movies, but, you know, different roles. Because I think for the longest time, he's so used to being the leading man that, I don't know, he should he should get over that and just go into this weird niche roles like this, like for, you know, Anderson movies and stuff. Um, I feel like if you're going to pick out a single actor, like I liked Jeffrey Wright's character the most. I think he had the best dialogue, but there's no way it wasn't Benicio Del Toro, right? Oh, like, I mean, he was great too. Listen, I said uh, the actors the acted their asses up. Tilda Swinton killed it. Uh, she, her accent, her old American accent was just amazing. That fancy posh accent. I don't know what you'd actually call that uh, or what the term is, but what's a person from Kansas called? What? What's a person from Kansas called? Kansian, Kansian, Kansian. I was just gonna say that, but I didn't know what to say. Kansan, probably just Kansan, Kansanian. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're, let me get, let me get an intro. Put me on the spot. Kansans, Kansans. Yeah, Kansans. The first guess was right. Kansans. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I prefer Kansanians, but I don't know. <laughs> Kansanians, pretty good. <laughs> Kansanians okay too but uh I I do think there was a weird balance in characters uh it it did fit the story you know the whole newspaper layout which I really appreciated uh you know how all the stories were just stories in the newspaper that was really cool and a neat way to frame this movie but you know I, I will say there's a complaint with that because the Owen Wilson segment almost felt like a like a two second breath, you know, it was just there. And then he's gone. You'd never see him until the end. And so that, that was almost weird because it was imbalanced in such a way. Uh, but I don't know. The movie's good. The cinematography was great. The direction was great. It had a good flow. It was easy to watch. Uh, it didn't outstay its welcome. So there's a lot of positive things. I just think that once you've seen three or four Wes Anderson movies, you've seen this movie. Just you, you've seen this movie, whether it's not the same themes or the same plot. Did you realize Sorsha Ronan was in this movie? I think Sorsha, but Sorsha, uh, whatever the fuck her name is, dude. But uh, no, I don't think who was she. Uh, I only just saw this because I was like looking at all the actors and actresses again to see whose performance I thought was best. Apparently, she was the principal showgirl, a member of the kidnapping gang, along with like Edward Norton. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't even notice her. Nope, I had no idea. And uh, yeah, sure, totally. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think this movie's great. I really do. I just don't know if I love it. You know, I, I don't know if I would recommend this. I think in a vacuum, or if you're a Wes Anderson fan, this is literally a 10 out of 10 movie. Or maybe if you've never seen Wes Anderson, this might be a 10 out of 10 movie, you know? This might be just so fresh and hip for you that kind of blows your mind. But for me, as someone who has experience with Wes Anderson movies, it's like, I don't know. It's good. It's great, even. Uh, but not my highest marks. What's, um, which part of the movie, you know, like, which of the three major acts did you like the best? I mean, I think the uh, Benicio Del Toro art one was probably the best really? one. Uh, yeah, I think the climax one was a little disjointed in a way. Uh it felt as though it were the climax in a weird way, if that makes sense. 
you know, uh, it, it felt over the top for the reason of being over the top to kind of cap off, you know, you got to have that big event and then movie over pretty much. Uh, right. But it wasn't bad. So. See, I, I go back and forth. I think the Benicio del Toro one, the concrete masterpiece, was um really, really good. I thought it just it went on a little it was longer. longer. It wasn't yep. even it wasn't even disjointed. It wasn't like nope. I was just like, this is a long act. I was like, this movie's gonna be terribly long. And then the manifesto one with Timothy Chalamet wasn't actually that long, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then the kind of you know, it was really more like the penultimate, but it was the third of the major acts. Um I thought was the best, but again, it was like it was a little weird and it was a little disjointed, and then it went to the fucking cartoon shit, and you're just like, what is happening? But it's all really good at the same time. Um, so I just think it was different enough and it wasn't as long. I think the Benicio del Toro one I felt like lingered a little too long in my mind. Um, it definitely was, it might have been I think that's a better the story. Yeah, I think that's the one that just stuck with me the most or will stick with me the most. Uh, um, yeah. But. Yeah, I just gotta say, like, this is a stupid ass premise for a movie, but it was great. Like, yeah. easily my favorite Wes Anderson movie, without question. I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of. It's weird to rank his movies, honestly. It's really weird uh, because I has he had a bad one? You know, I don't know if I've seen a terrible Wes Anderson movie. Uh, I don't know. I really didn't care for um, Life Aquatic. You know, that's the one I haven't seen. The Zazu. Uh-huh. Zazu's Life Aquatic. That's the one I haven't seen where they're all dressed as like Jacques Cousteau and stuff. Yep. Um, the other one that I didn't really care for was what's the animated one? Like Fantastic Mr. One? Fox or Isle of Dogs? Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't watch that one. So I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just you know. didn't seem interesting. It, it, it's Wes Anderson. Uh, I, that's uh, there's not a lot more to say. Uh, it's got a great script, a very quick witted, like all of his things, all of his projects. Uh, it's got that quirkiness, you know. Whether it be the the uh, the shootout scenes that I really liked, how it's weird how you know in a regular movie, if you had shitty effects, it'd be oh look at how bad the effects are. But then Wes Anderson can frame it in such a way that gun like you know cotton can be shot out of a gun in still motion and you think to yourself oh that's really clever (laughs) i don't get why he gets a pass but he definitely does you know i i I can't deny him that pass because uh he does it with a with a certain style and a a panache even that uh a lot of directors don't i would say almost no directors do even uh, there's not quite anyone like his or that has his skill set and does, you know, his, uh, the work just like him. But, uh, yeah. Did you want to say anything more? Not really. Nothing I can think of with any kind of specific language. Just, it's really good. I'd recommend it for sure. Um, I'm ready to give it a score if you are. Yeah. Uh, I had an eight, eight, five. That that was that was weighted because in parentheses I said ten out of ten for Wes Anderson people, so I would go ten out of ten for Wes Anderson people. I'm really not a Wes Anderson person, but it still really impressed me. I was going to say like nine or nine five, so eight five, maybe a nine, maybe a nine. 
Let's just go nine, I guess. Oh, given to nine. I'm not sure if we've had a movie this year given get a nine. It's not true. Wasn't the uh, I don't know. Wasn't the sun or whatever the the my son? No. No, we gave that an eight. Old man, what's it called? My son, the father. The father. That's it. Well, you know, that's last year. That's that that's year, last though. Academy Awards. Oh, right. We do it based on Academy Awards, <laughs> yeah, exactly. of course. Uh, yeah. So technically, so the Academy season. How about this season? The Academy. So this season. might be our favorite movies thus far for the years. What you're saying? Yeah, I would. I would say it's this and Green Knight are probably. Yeah, and honestly, ones. having rewatched Green Knight, it just it didn't fall off by any means. But it's not. I don't know. It oh, wasn't. Yeah. I thought it would get improved without the hindrance of what we experienced in theaters. Right. Uh, I think once you knew it, I don't know, but I'm a little with the, I don't know. I'm like that with a lot of movies where rewatching them isn't great. I need an excuse to rewatch things, or else I just yeah, I don't care the second time. But I don't know. I was I I wasn't blown away like I was the first time. So, well, there you have it. Uh, Nine out of ten for the French Dispatch from the worst critics. That has been episode fifty four. Wow, this has been a short episode, but. We will see you on episode 55 next week where we will be reviewing Silk Sonics and Evening with Silk Sonic and Apple TV Plus's new post-apocalyptic Tom Hanks robot dog movie Finch. And we will see you next week. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And we're out of here.